welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you been i have had the most amazing weekend to be very very honest because i had the grand launch of ateps my business and money coaching program and we were joined by these fabulous people so on 1st of october all the people came together and we did a facebook pop up group pop up live and everyone came in and uh, we have a membership portal as you all might be knowing we have a membership portal and we opened up that membership portal for all the members who have signed up for ateps so now from october 1st onwards it's going to be a lifetime program which means that it's going to remain open forever and people can keep coming in as and when they want and uh, you know people started experiencing shifts right the moment they joined you know i want to start this podcast actually this episode episode number 22 master manifestation number <laughs> uh, i want to start this episode with shout outs to two of my amazing students/clients so the first is sanhita barua she uh, joined ateps and and then she the day she joined she wrote that she wrote in our facebook private community that today we didn't only start ateps but i also started my first signature two day coaching program access your uh, inner wisdom till day before yesterday it was supposed to be a full day workshop on 2nd of october sunday and then yesterday morning it was about to be cancelled the interested ones backed out i just texted my friend i may not need your zoom password and within 2 hours the energy shifted and one person called himself to join the workshop but for 2 days and from 1st october i made a second call she was she was in two <laughs> that person was in two i even offered that they can pay later or in splits but both paid up front gorav dekha showed me the power of making an offer and being willing to face rejections my first student showed me the potency of a discovery call right so amazing how a decision to be inside a group automatically changes one's ability to receive more and causes these kind of shifts so many 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 congratulations to you sanhita the second one is by jimli jimli mohanta she happens to be a life self love coach and uh, she has been posting content on and off and you know she writes few days back i hit Uh, rupees one fifty k after going through the deliberate thought building model, which uh, I teach in ATEPS, and using it in my practice. Three days back, a very close school junior got in touch with me. She needed to talk to me after watching a story of mine. We came. Uh, we met over a cup of coffee next day evening. Before she came, I had numerous thoughts in my mind, like, how am I going to ask her money? She was my junior school junior. just like my sister we belong from the same place what if i fail her and many more thoughts like that trust me i did the deliberate thought building model in the cafe itself it completely changed my whole mindset and my thoughts i could feel instant shifts 
we spoke and came back home next day she called me and she was in before i knew she wanted to be coached and i felt if i bring my insecurities and thoughts to the scenario her abundance will be blocked today after the orientation program she paid me 65000 rupees and we are starting our calls from monday the whole scenario and the 1st of october 2022 was so mystical i can't even imagine on one side atps is happening and on the other side people are coming inside my coaching space when i was not even looking for one i'm so loving this dr gorav and the whole divine community within atps thank you so much thank you so much jimli when we are able to acknowledge our efforts and the magic that gets created in our life as a result of truly changing our thoughts and you know challenging the way we think what happens is all the other people in the group also get inspired and encouraged and because we do not come from spaces of judgments what happens is you know people can go and ask you hey how did you do that you know you know i want to learn more from you you know uh, it's so inspiring i would love to know ha- what happened there you know would you be willing to help me examine my thoughts right that's what i'm trying to do with atps it, i'm i'm building this whole group this whole community where one person can contribute to the other and each nervous system each body can grow with the other in the safety in the warmth in the connection of this whole container right so many 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 congratulations to you jimli so now coming back to today's episode and uh, so today's episode is called how the human body was designed to heal in groups okay so our nervous systems as you all know begins to form inside our mother's body when it comes into existence you know when it's forming the template on which it forms is our mother's nervous system you know the rhythm of her heart how her body moves you know the spikes in her stress and cortisol levels the kind of emotions that she goes through you know the way she handles them so we are in close contact while we are growing up inside our mother's body you know we are slowly learning priming to her nervous system we are getting primed and we are not doing it intellectually through our cerebral understanding but we are doing it somatically through our body because we don't have a developed brain at that moment right so what i mean to say is that we are not coming into life in some kind of an isolated bubble it's not that our bodies and nervous systems have like a resistant galvanized coating from the effects of the environment in which it is floating you know brimming and growing so and when and even when we come to life and we are born we do not have a fully developed nervous system right it's still growing it grows to the age of 21 years and it takes time to be formed to be fully developed for example the hippocampus an area of the brain which is responsible for um memory and development of memory it is still not available in its full capacity so most of our experiences while we are 
small and young growing up, instead of becoming cerebral memory, becomes somatic memory. Since the brain cannot decode them into, into sequential one, two, three, four episodic pattern. You know, we remember, oh, what we ate last night. And then this morning I went for jogging. And then, you know, I went and I went to the washroom and then I came to my office. Now, all of these episodic experiences, we are able to um, remember them because we have a fully developed brain right now. We have a fully developed hippocampus. We have a fully developed prefrontal cortex. But when we are young and small, we don't have that. So most of our experiences are somatically captured. They remain in our body in the form of you know, sensations and vibrations and spikes and feelings, okay? And which also means that we continue to learn from our environment. We don't learn in isolation. Even the body, it's not about cerebral learning, once again, by the way, okay? It's about learning through the body, learning without using your intellect, using body memory, how we um, ride a bicycle, how we know how the hand moves in order to write a particular sentence, right? So we learn through the body and we continue to learn from our environment while we are growing up. And the environment is composed of people. It is composed of other bodies and other nervous system. Environment doesn't mean plants and trees and houses and mountains and rivers. Well, that is the environment as well. But the immediate environment from where we really learn and our bodies begin to grow by absorbing our people. There are other bodies and other brains. Right? You know, in the olden days, um, back in my father's village, and even in, even in indigenous communities, uh, there always used to be multiple people who would take care of the child who was born. It was not only the mother's job to nurture the child, nourish the child, rear the child. There would always be, you know, midwives and aunties and uncles and people in the community who would equally take care of the child. So Bruce Perry, Dr. Bruce Perry, you know, talks about this in his book with Oprah Winfrey. The name of the book is What Happened to You?, he talked, he says that there would be at least six people for one child to grow, to be nurtured, to feel connected and to have a healthy regulated nervous system so that the child's nervous system goes through a variety of you know, positive experiences and is able to connect with different, different bodies and brains and have the warmth and trust and connection from all of those you know, people and is able to have a very wholesome varied, you know, divergent nervous system within. That's how it becomes whole and healthy because then it is able to regulate with all of those bodies that are around it. We need bodies around us in order to be able to regulate. By regulate, I not only mean, you know, have experiences of safety and connection and love and trust, but also at the same point of time, to be simply able to connect, to become aware of yourself, to know about how you feel and how you think, right? 
So when I was seeing one-on-one clients, one-to-one clients, you know, I would always be aware that how I react, how I feel, you know, the way I speak or the way I sit or stand in front of them and present myself is in some kind of constant tango with my client. I knew that my client will be able to feel my fears or my nervous nervousness. Or instead, my client might be able to feel the warmth I would radiate or the trust that I had in them, uh, the connection or the motivation that I would feel about them. So uh, in therapy and in healing, we are not two independent bodies, you know, one body which is instructional in nature and the other which is the subject of receiving that instruction and following it. But instead we are beautifully locked in a capsule or a bubble and our job in therapy was to expand the edges of that bubble by recognizing that in that moment, we both are a single organism. We are not separate. So I love this concept of multiple beings being a super organism. You know, Peter Wolben talks about in his book, The Hidden Life of Trees, where he says that, you know, a forest is a super organism. Every single tree in the forest contributes to the growth and the expansion of the forest. And the forest ensures that every single tree is healthy. All the trees in the forest are connected by roots of, connected at their roots by mycelium, which is fungi, networks of fungi. And if one tree begins to fall sick, is ill and begins to die, then all the other trees start pumping, you know, nutrients into the trees because it's so essential for the tree to not just survive, but grow and thrive for the entire forest to remain healthy, for the whole ecosystem to be able to grow and evolve. It's not a question of one individual being. Although when one individual being falls ill and is sick and is going through a, a difficult circumstance, then the whole superorganism, the whole group makes sure that they are well, that they are taken care of, that they are safe, that they still have connection, they still have uh, nutrients, they still have ways by which they can survive and grow and thrive. And from there, we must understand that our nervous systems are connected by forces, just like all of those trees, that may feel invisible in the beginning, like the mycelium connecting the roots of the trees, right? So even our nervous systems, all of our nervous systems across our families, across our colonies, you know, our tribes and race and groups and countries, all of us are connected by forces that may initially feel invisible, like, you know, like the radio waves or even the Wi-Fi. But then with Wi-Fi, as you see that there are physical devices like the phone or the computer that cannot run without intercepting these waves, right? So without 
the Wi-Fi, if I just open my browser, um, I won't be able to surf the internet. Why? Because my device, my physical device has to intercept something that is apparently invisible to me. Similarly, my nervous system, for it to grow, um, it to evolve, or to regulate itself, it must be able to intercept the regulation, the connection, the warmth, and the safety of other nervous systems around it, right? And when trauma happens, when trauma occurs, what happens is there is a force that comes from the outside world. And this force is perceived by our body in a way that it cannot process in that moment. And the internal experience of that shock where it can't process is so massive that there is a dissociation that our nervous system can no longer feel safe, feel connected, feel trust, feel warmth to connect with another nervous system. And a lot of people ask me, what exactly is dissociation, Gaurav? And I say dissociation is a state of isolation. It's a state of disconnectedness. Trauma forces the nervous system to move away from its natural thriving state of connection because the only way it can thrive is by connecting and bonding and existing in relational spaces. So when trauma happens and, and it is, uh, it's an inner experience, in that inner experience, we can no longer relate, connect, and thrive by connection. Like one of my greatest teachers in the field of intergenerational traumas, um, uh, Mark Colleen, he says how we are more relational beings than human beings. We thrive and grow and reach our highest potential in places and spaces and groups where we are allowed to connect. We are allowed to express. We are allowed to strip away the shame, the fear, the judgments we feel about who we are and how we are you know, showing up in the world. In the beginning of my career as a therapist, I must say I was not quite open to group work or group therapy or even group coaching. Because I came from a very you know, conservative traditional space where we would do one-on-one -on -one work and I didn't believe in the efficacy of group therapy. Um, more because in the beginning, you know, I was influenced by psychoanalytic work, which is very private and intimate. But then I believe that when I was introduced to trauma work and healing in group spaces like family constellation, I began to realize that being in groups is the natural state of our bodies. It's actually the natural state of our bodies to be in groups, to be in families, to be in systems. Isn't it? So the other day, I was watching this collective trauma summit 2022 hosted by noted intergenerational uh, expert Thomas Hubel. And there was a talk by Dr. Stephen Porges. He's the founder of the Polyvagal Theory. And in the talk, you know, uh, Thomas asked him that what's something that you would like to do for the world? And he said that his greatest desire 
Stephen, Dr. Stephen Porter said that his greatest desire is to redesign classrooms. And it was fascinating how he talked about it when he said that classrooms traditionally are not designed to be spaces where there is warmth, where there is connection, trust, and love. And by love, he said, by love, he, he said that it's not that the love that I'm talking about, one feels love for the other. By love, what he means is, I am safe in the presence of another person. But my safety is guaranteed in your presence. That I know it for a fact that I am safe while all of you are here with me. None of you are going to violate my boundary, invade into me, cause me physical or psychological harm. None of you are going to cause any kind of boundary transgression. I know that I'm safe. It is guaranteed it's given. That's what he means by love. And he said, instead, classrooms, you know, right from the very beginning, you know, these are the, I believe these are the first uh, group spaces that we go to outside our families because when we are children, we enter classrooms, right? These are the first group spaces that we go to, isn't it? And these classrooms are designed to be places where there is nothing but defense. You have to look out for threat or constantly you know, scan for errors and mistakes for, for which there are, of course, consequences like punishment. So these are relational spaces and group spaces where trauma occurs and surprisingly, it then leads to the isolation of that child who, who, who internalizes, internalizes that trauma. So these are group spaces and systems where the defenses, the coping mechanism and the, and the PTSD is, is formed over a period of time. Sometimes it forms chronically. And this happens because traumatized people often build traumatized systems. It's not, that, not just that the teachers are not trauma-informed or trauma-aware, but they are also traumatized. And trauma has a quality of repetitiveness, right? Reason being, because just like radio waves and microwaves, it travels from one nervous system to the other. And the reason why we do not have you know, systems of healing and systems of warmth and systems of safety or connection versus systems that are that cause trauma, organizations that cause trauma, is because those systems are not built. And the ones that existed no longer exist. There is constant fragmentation of the society, fragmentation of the world, and it's leading to collapsing of those systems that once existed where connection and healing could foster. We no longer have those systems. Our attention and our energy does not go in building them. Our attention and energy goes in building more and more traumatized systems and organizations because we are traumatized. Ray Oldenburg happened to be a sociologist. And uh, in fact, last night, I and my partner were talking about Ray Oldenburg and we were talking about 
how third something called third spaces in sociology and, and architecture, something called third spaces, third places existed. And third places and third spaces mean that they are spaces between home and work. Home is the first space and work is the second space. And the third is something that exists in between them, like you know, public uh, gathering, like in olden days, even now in, again in villages, we have these um, gathering of people, people gathering the evening uh, in community spaces or you know, under a banyan tree, maybe some people go to temples you know, together and you know, they not only talk to each other, but then they share about their world, their, their day, right? These are the spaces where relationships are formed. In the West, these were mostly these uh, community centers or uh, maybe a bar, maybe you know, a public space like a park where people could come together. These are between the home and between, between home and work. These are places where conversations happen, even confessions happen. People bond with each other. Relationships are formed without an agenda, right? These are not spaces where you go to, not like malls or restaurants where you go because, well, there you will, you know you are gonna buy something there. And uh, the person who owns that place knows that they're gonna make profit out of it because, well, there is a transactional element involved, there's money involved, but I'm talking about pure spaces where people went to just gather, to just bond, to just see each other, to just connect. Those are third spaces. And these are the spaces where people allow their nervous systems to open in all safety and warmth and allow to connect. And we see that there is a dissolution of these uh, third spaces. They do not exist anymore, especially in cities. I'm trying to create these third spaces by having more and more community involvement virtually, even if I'm unable to do so that physically as of now, right? But at the same point of time, we do need these third spaces because this is where we learn to exist in groups. We learn that our primary nature was to bloom in groups know each other, thrive by connection, grow by connection. You know, I get this question a lot on Instagram that, Gaurav, how are you going to work with people's individual trauma and heal them and work with them inside your money and business coaching program? And healing trauma also means that I just don't do coaching, which is um, motivational or inspirational in nature. Instead, I, I believe in coaching from four different uh, aspects. You know, I work with people at a thought level and then I go deep down to the feeling level, then I go to the body level and then I go to the traumatic experiences from where the body carries the memory of those uh, difficult emotions, right? So someone asked me on Instagram that how am I going to work with um, individual people's trauma and healing inside my business coaching container? 
And the answer to that is perhaps I won't. Perhaps I am not going to ensure addressing their traumas and healing them individually, one-on-one -on -one inside my container. Of course, healing is going to happen. Of course, we are going to explore the traumas. Of course, you know, we are going to move past the traumas and create something beautiful. But that is not going to perhaps happen at the one-on-one -on -one level. Because that's not what I'm creating here. That's not my agenda with ATEPS. That's not the model I'm working with here. Because I am not going to take the 100% responsibility of being in this hierarchically superior being who is the healer, you know, and the healer, the one who gets healed is a submissive entity who is going to passively receive the healing and there is no system around it. This creates a difficult power structure when in groups, you know, the entire group is reliant on this one single human who is the end all and be all and is so very instructional in nature. I was talking about this power structure with my partner who happens to be a doctor, that how this power structure exists in hospitals where doctors are held as the superior authority figures, you know, or even in spiritual circles, how babas and, you know, tantrics are, are held as the superior people or maybe the teacher in a classroom, you know, the other, the entire group is reliant on the power that this one single being exhibits, right? Why? Why am I questioning that? I'm doing that because you see, when, when there is power, when someone is in power, it doesn't allow us to connect. Power does not allow us to connect because by power, we mean that by default, someone is greater than the others. Someone is automatically at a higher level. And I was discussing this with my partner, as I said yesterday, and then he said that, Gaurav, write a manifesto on how you want to break and dismantle this toxic power structure. And so I deliberated on it, and I think these are what my realizations uh, are. You know, that inside ATEPS, I am going to revolutionize how people connect. I'm going to ensure that we have a space and we build this space where one nervous system blooms and grows into the other. And there is no uh, other way of existing than regulating with each other, like several waves in the ocean, one flows into the other. So I am on a lookout. I'm on a mission to revolutionize how people connect inside ATIPS. I want to change the definition of a classroom, very much like Dr. Stephen Porges, that instead of these classrooms being spaces of defense and uh, you know, competition, and everything is about performance, everything is about grading, you know, reaching a certain target, you know, having this very competitive Darwinian way of survival. I want to crush it. I truly want to crush it. Instead, I want a classroom to become a space of 
deep inner joy, deep excitement, a classroom where we can walk in with all our nakedness and truth and rawness instead of, you know, an uniform that we don't like wearing. I never like wearing my, wearing my school uniform. I always ask my mother, why can't I just wear, you know, this beautiful yellow half pants and this red t-shirt of mine? And then my mother would say, though, you have to wear the class uniform. Why do we even fucking need uniformity? Everyone is different. There are different kinds of nervous system out in the world. People have divergent experiences coming from different cultures and races and tribes. Why the fuck do we need uniformity? And I want to challenge that inside ATIPS. I'm more interested in having a group where people can strip themselves bare, come as they are, feel the love of others around them, no matter what they, uh, no matter what, they just know that they are safe with everyone witnessing them, that there is compassionate inquiry and empathetic witness, no matter what, no matter who tells, what story, no matter if it's a story of rejection, abandonment, rape, hopelessness, I am going to build a culture of compassionate inquiry and empathetic witnessing inside ATIPS. That's what my motive is. I'm here, I'm in this world right now with ATIPS to create systems of healing. Of course, this is important. One-on-one -on -one therapy work is irreplaceable. Trust me. I myself have a one-on-one -on -one coach where I work like individually one-on-one. -on -one. Despite being in two group programs and most times, trust me, I don't get individual attention in those groups. But that's not why I'm inside those group programs. I'm not looking out for individual attention in that moment because I know I'm an adult. I have to take responsibility of my own feelings and the learnings that I have. I am there because I want to experience the group because I'm aware that it is inside a group that I'm going to bloom and thrive and reach my highest potential. I know that this is where I'm safe to connect as well as to grow the way I want to grow at my own speed, at my own length. This is the place where my you know, wild ideas, my complaints, my sadness is received as a gift. Everyone inside the group is going to receive it as a gift. I'm here specifically for the group experience because I know that I was designed to heal inside groups. So the vision with ATEPS is way larger than a single person's growth in business, making money or being fully booked. My mission with ATEPS is to change the narrative of how human evolution in spaces and groups occur. I'm looking to create experiences where people for people where no one is greater or lesser than the other. This is the reason why inside ATIPS, I encourage people to peer coach each other because I am not sitting in some form of hierarchical throne from where I will advise and teach or heal. Instead, I'm going to hold the space and keep expanding the edges and boundaries of this whole container because that's what the goal is. The goal is the formation of containers that can hold thousands of brains and bodies where healing happens.
and containers where being healed is the natural state of existence. Like we assume in classrooms that perhaps the natural state is discipline and order and hierarchy and uniformity. We think that these are the natural state. And in ATEPs, I'm gonna challenge that, that what if there existed spaces and groups where safety was the natural state, where connection was the natural state, where trust, love, and healing was the natural state. And not because a single man who is sitting on top of everyone's head and instructing them that you have to be safe, you have to be warm, you have to be kind, you have to be compassionate. But because everyone was worthy, everyone could contribute, Everyone was deeply capable of love and kindness. Everyone knew it in their body memory to heal trauma, cause each other's tremendous growth and allowed the whole demography to make money. Not one person, the entire demography could make money. Like truly, what if we had spaces where abundance with ease and safety was the natural state? No one had to learn how to become abundant and make money because the moment you walk into this group, that became your state of being. That is how I want to revolutionize human healing and human potential with ATIPS. I'd say that's my manifesto. And this should be reason enough for you to decide why you want to come inside ATEPS. If you are not inside yet, this is a good time to think about it and to make that choice. Thank you for listening, guys. I'm going to see you and talk to you next week. See you then. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.